It is your Classic Metal Show right here on the ClassicMetalShow.com from the South by South Dakota release from Ron Keel. That is a cover for Leonard Skinner with Red, White, and Blue. And joining us in the studio tonight is our good friend Ron Keel. We never get tired of having Ron on the show. So welcome back to the Classic Metal Show there, Ron. Thank you, guys. Great to see you tonight on the YouTube feed and Skype. And welcome everybody that's listening and watching. It's great to be back on the show with you again. You guys are always so good to me. I'm getting so much shit from everybody else who says it's the 3,658th time I've been on the Classic Metal Show, but who's counting? Uh, And for those of you that are actually watching on the YouTube feed or Skype or however you're watching, welcome to the Ron Keel Classic Metal Show Guitar Online Auction. I've got a lot of great instruments for you tonight. We're going to sell some guitars. We're going to talk about some rock and roll and hang with Wendell and Chris Aiken this evening. I see Chris has got a, uh, a natural light. I think I will go ahead and crack open. And this is the first I broke open the, the new oh, Ron Keel South by South Dakota shot glass. I'll be, I'll be sending you guys a couple of these in the mail, but cheers. Here's to you. I can't drink all day long when I do the CMS, but now it's time. We're going, going to go ahead and toast. The Classic Metal Show. I love you guys. Talking Metal Toast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ron. Well, you know, again, we always appreciate you ha- uh, coming on. I have a mic here in the studio in spirit that has your name on it. So it says Ron Keel right here in the CMS studio. <laughs> and- I see what's left of me hanging by the little skeleton there. That's uh, <laughs> the, the corpse of Ron Keel in effigy. <laughs> Well, I gotta hang it out with me. I, I, I gotta ask you, Ron, since you did cover the Leonard Skinner uh, classic, or or you know, it's fairly new. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, it is an end of an era for uh, Leonard Skinner. Obviously, it is not the original band. Uh, obviously, Gary Rosington is the only surviving member that is a current part of the band. Uh, how does it affect you to see the end of the road for Leonard Skinner since they, you know, decided that, well, this is, we're calling it quits at the end of this tour, whenever that tour is able to resume due to this coronavirus and whatnot. Uh, is is that a sad thing for you? I mean, obviously, uh, Leonard Skinner, I think anybody who's a rock and roll fan and has listened to any kind of commercial radio, whether you're a fan of Skinner or not. You know who Leonard Skinner is, uh, but I think that it has a little more deeper meaning for you personally as a musician. What What is your thoughts at, at, to the end of an era? I'll tell you, dude, I've, I've always been a huge Skinner fan. I think the live album, One More From The Road, what was that, 78, 79, that really hooked me. I was really into live albums at the time, Kiss Alive 1, Kiss Alive 2, Frampton Comes Alive, that Skinner live record. Rush, uh, All the World's a Stage, and I fell in love with Skinner at that point, and I actually went on the road with them one time, toured with Skinner for two weeks, not as the opening act, but as the t-shirt guy. I I love Skinner so much that a buddy of mine was the t-shirt guy, he's the merchandise uh, king, Casey Compton, he said, hey man, I'm I'm on tour with Skinner, you want to come out? And I actually went on the road with Skinner and sold Skinner t-shirts and Rebel Flag Bandanas and all that shit for two weeks straight just so I could see Skinner every night on tour. Now, these re- uh, farewell tours, I don't put much stock in them. I went to see the KISS farewell tour in, what, 2005? And uh, we're still not done with that yet. 
I think it's much more uh, the, the iconic history of rock and roll. When our heroes die, when they pass away, and when the, the Skinner plane crash obviously comes to mind. But uh, I don't think you ever say never say never. And so no, it doesn't it doesn't have any emotional ties to me. Uh, I'll always be a fan of the band and what they've accomplished and what they've contributed to the soundtrack of my life. Well, absolutely, and I you know, and I, I feel very. Uh, honored that that I've had an opportunity to hang out with them two or three times not not in the original incarnation but you know in their current form and I got to know a couple of those guys a little bit and been invited to a few of their shows and hung out with them as well as Chris I mean no uh, you know uh, Chris got to uh, know our good friend Ian Evans who unfortunately passed away uh, geez almost 10 years ago already and uh he was very good to us in the skinner camp of course he replaced uh leon wilkinson not that anybody could replace him but he took his place uh in the band for a while until he unfortunately succumbed to cancer and you know during that time we got to know him he became a fan of the cms he he liked what we did we played his music and uh, he was very good to us inviting us out to the shows and letting us hang out with him a little bit and the rest of the band and uh you know uh leonard skinner to uh an american icon and you know the fact that you uh you know shared that story i never knew that story before that you were out that there was selling. the t-shirt guy <laughs> and you know, that's that's one of the many layers about this new south by south dakota album it's very special to me on many different levels that we can talk about throughout the course of the evening but also some of these guys that I actually got to play these songs with, I mean, I played Rockin' Into the Night with Jeff Carlisi, the original guitar player from 38 Special. I got to sing Sweet Home Alabama with Ed King from Skinner and uh, George McCorkle from the Marshall Tucker Band. The original guitarist from Marshall Tucker became a good friend of mine during my Nashville days, and he would come out and jam with us uh, and do Can't You See and some of those old Marshall Tucker classics. And he gave us a song to record for the Iron Horse record in 2004 called The Best Move, which Marshall Tucker had never recorded, and a classic song. And just to have George McCorkle from Marshall Tucker give us that song to record. He passed away from cancer, gosh, what, six or eight, ten years ago now? I, don't, I, I lose count, but I, I got a feeling he's listening to our version of Fire on the Mountain, and I think he's digging it. Uh, because we've keelized a lot of these old Southern rock classics on the new South by South Dakota record. Sure. Now, now, Ron, I, I, I talked to you during the week. I love the record and, and I'm not just saying Thanks. it because you're here because Lord knows, you know me well enough to know. I, absolutely. And I appreciate that. <laughs> and having, having served in our military, Chris, and, and served our country uh, in the armed forces for a song like red, white, and blue to resonate with you and, and to get that feedback from you that you gave me earlier in the week means a lot to me and the guys in the band. Thank you. It's a great tune, man. And and that is that is kind of the overwhelming theme of this record. You know, a lot of people will a lot of people will look at a covers record and they'll just, you know, they'll piss on it. They'll be like, ah oh, fuck, it's just covers yes, record. Blah, blah, blah. You know, but you what you did here was you went to a very specific style of music that meant something very specific to its fans. And, you know, the bands that you covered, Molly or, or 38 or Skinner, what, you know, what have you, I'm 51 years old. That little collection of bands was very much core in my cassette collection for years. I, I mean, 
I wore out tour de force. I wore out flirting with disaster. I mean, I wore these things completely out. And it's cool that you took that. And it's it's one of those times. You're you're one of the very few artists, I think, that would be able to do Southern rock justice with a meddled up feel to it because you have both backgrounds. I don't think uh, Brett Michaels could do it. I don't think, uh, you know, and I certainly try not to insult you by comparing Well, that everybody. Poison track you played before I came on, that was epic, man. I, I, I appreciate the, the, the lead-in and love the uh, background vocals that you supplied on that one. But there's so <laughs> many, that's another special layer about this, this album project, South by South Dakota, because for all my entire career since 1983, when we went into the studio to cut the Steeler album, you're on a mission. It's time to make a record. We've got to create an album. You write the album. You, you record the album. You create it. You put it out. You're always on that on that path and on that mission. This is the first time in my life and my career where I've had a project that was absolutely organic and unintended. And literally, we went into the studio in the morning to cut fight like a band. And we would just warm up on some of these old Southern rock classics that are either part of the show or part of the soundtrack of our lives. And some of these songs were first take. The Allman Brothers song, uh, Ramblin' Man, literally, one, two, three, four, better, and we're in, and that's it. It's the first take that you hear on the record. So it wasn't intentional. It was, wasn't until we got about five or six songs deep that I realized, man, we've got something really special here. And I'm listening back to the, I didn't even know we were recording. My producer, Mike Dresch, was, of course, he's recording everything, and we're just jamming and having fun with these tunes. And so in that regard, it's it's not a it's not like any album project I've ever done before. Plus, these songs were all written by some of the greatest icons in our our, our American songbook. They did all the heavy lifting for me. Uh, Blackfoot, Molly Hatchet, Thirty Eight Special, Leonard Skinner, the Allman Brothers, Marshall Tucker Band. They created this magic. All I had to do was sing the wrong words to the right song. So it was, it was easy for me, and, and it was a blast recording it. And getting to share it now with the fans, it's it's not like a personal statement. It's not like, these are my songs, and these are so deep. Like, fight like a band, as you know. That dug deep into my life, my metal cowboy. These are autobiographical songs that I wrote about my life and my experiences. Sure. These are just songs that have stood the test of time, that mean a lot to me, people like you, and the audiences that have grown up listening to this music, and our new fans. We've got a lot of fans that are in their 20s that don't even know who Keel was or Steeler. They're Ron Keel band fans, and they're Ron Keel fans, and they're getting to experience these songs on this new album and in our shows for the first time ever. So uh, it's it's a different experience for me, and in some ways it's, it's extremely rewarding to have a project like this finally in our hands, and the fans are listening to it, enjoying it. The response from people like you and the rest of the media and the fans has been overwhelming. The pre-sales were off the charts, and we way outsold the pre-sales for the Fight Like a Band album. Whether it's the fact that people aren't going to concerts and they've got a, you know they've got 15 bucks to spend on a CD now, or or what I don't know, but I, I can't thank the fans enough for this amazing response to this new record. Sure, and and you know the the one thing, you know it, it's really a double-edged sword when you do covers because. When you do your own music, yeah, it's daunting because fans might hate it. You know, I mean, you might put it out there and the fans might just hate the songs. 
And that, and, and, and I get it. You know, you know, you never want anybody to hate what you're doing. Yeah. Man, you open yourself up, you know, legs wide open to get kicked square in the balls when you do a cover because, you know, fans are way, way more picky on covers. If you don't hit a note the exact way or you don't have the phrasing the exact way, they love to crucify you unless you've completely reworked the song. You know, and and that is one of the things that I think you did really well on this. There's a couple of songs that, like Red, White, and Blue, that you kind of just really stuck to the blueprint and you nailed the phrasing. And the phrasing's important in that one because if you listen to the original... It's it's all based in vocal emotion, and yeah. and I think you got that with Red, White, and Blue. But there's other tunes on here where you didn't necessarily stick to the phrasing exactly. You really turned it into your own thing, and and it it doesn't jar you like you might think. And 38 Special is the one that's jumped into my head just because I wore them out as a kid. Yeah. And, and that and, is faithful. The 38 Special song, Rocket Into the Night, which really hit me, what was it, 78, when I was washing dishes in a seafood restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee, and I heard that come on the radio, bow, mm-hmm. that big space. And that groove really grabbed me, gosh, in the late 70s, and loved the song all my life. I think we did a faithful version of that, even though it's got beefier guitars, and it's way heavier than the original. There's probably 50-50 on this new record where we, we kind of stayed like the Molly Hatchet song, Flirt with Disaster. You don't want to fuck with that. Just play it and sing it right. And, right. But there's songs like Fire on the Mountain and Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys that we have totally keelized, and they right. sound nothing like the original version. In fact, I wanted to cut Fire on the Mountain because I thought it was an iconic Southern rock song. It's about the Black Hills. I mean, the subject matter was about the gold rush in the Black Hills in the 18. 18- hundreds and we live in south dakota it's a south dakota type of vibe but the guys in the band were totally against it all right they made listen to the original version and even though george mccorkle from marshall tucker was a friend of mine you know it sounds special to me and i knew i had to sell the guys on it somehow because they didn't want to they didn't want anything to do with it so i go into rehearsal and i say give me a four count and then give me a big f sharp power chord one two three four go they give me a D, Da-da. and I raise the key up to F sharp because it's meaner and tougher. And then I, once we got to the intro, I said, uh, "Go to the verse, which is in A." And then about halfway through the verse, the band realized, "Fucking, he's fucking singing Fire on the Mountain." What the hell's going on? And they loved it because they didn't. If I had told them we're going to play Fire on the Mountain, they would have, you know, mutiny. But right. once we get into the tune, they realized, "Shit, this is cool." They're I'm singing Fire on the Mountain, and, and the guys in the band loved it. So that one is definitely, it's modernized, it's keelized, it's much heavier than the original version, and certain songs just demanded that treatment, and we kind of took it one song at a time. The Allman Brothers song, Ramblin' Man, like I said, one take, and there's a bunch of rock notes in there, because those guys, the, that Allman Brothers band, they re- they're really good musicians. And... I guarantee you, if you dissect that track, you're going to hear a lot of wrong notes between the two guitar players and the keyboard line and the bass line. We just left it the way it was because it's the first take. It's magic. It's brilliant. And the Allman Brothers were probably way higher than we were when they cut the song. So it is what it is. And I'm really proud of the results. 
Well, if you're not a uh, subscriber to CMS TV and watching Ron Keel do air guitar, you're really missing out on something. <laughs> I was going to play real guitar for you, but you guys already did the red, white, blue song. Um, but uh, if anybody, this is a Richie Sambora oh. ovation double neck. We're going to take bids on this now in the chat room. <laughs> Every time I play it, we knock 25 bucks off the price. Wow, what an amazing guitar. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to have you guys back in the fan cave. I uh, I cleaned the, I cleaned the room up for you. Of course, we're all working from home now, and I heard you guys talking before I came on. Of course, part of the drill with coming on the Classic Metal Show is you damn well better listen to what they're talking about for the hour before you come on. <laughs> and so I, I absolutely enjoyed the the uh, the dialogue and discussion before I came on about how fantastic you guys are doing during the coronavirus and the COVID-19 pandemic. And I know you're dying to ask me how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ron, as, as I'm sure you're well aware, since you've, you know, you've dabbled in listening to us, our, our first hour is always our warm up hour. We, we don't really know where we're going with the show, but we kind of set the uh, balance between Chris and I in the first hour, just as, kind of get where we're at and then that's kind of the evolution of the show from hour one to two to three to four it's an amazing experience it is but i'm a big fan i love what you guys do and i appreciate and respect and admire what you do last time i came on the show i caught a lot of shit from the (laughs) cms audience for being so positive guys nauseating guys He's so positive. He's so happy. He always finds the good in everything. So I've, I've tried all day long to think, how can I channel my inner asshole and, and be a little more negative tonight on the show? I just can't do it, man, because life is great. I am I'm really blessed and really lucky because we got the Monsters of Rock Cruise done under our belt in February. Then I went to Australia for my first ever tour of Australia in March. We... Stayed an extra week. Renee and I did the uh, the, the tourist thing. We, we went to the zoo and uh, the museums and the road trips and all that stuff and got to see and experience Australia. And just as we were getting back, you started to see people wearing masks and you started to hear this stuff on the news. And literally a week after we got home, there was the uh, travel advisory in effect. And all, all of a sudden now here we are in the middle of this lockdown or uh, quarantine, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But I was very lucky to get those two tour experiences out of my belt. I still haven't played a show in the United States this year, but I, I was able to do Belize, Cozumel, on the Monsters of Rock, and the Australian tour. And I was expecting to be home from mid-March to Memorial Day because our summer tour was supposed to start May 22nd on Memorial Day. Now it's starting to affect us uh, because the shows are... Uh, falling like dominoes the canadian tour which was huge for me because i haven't played canada since 1985 and we had our first headline tour of canada some of the shows were already sold out and now that's not going to happen at least in august when it was scheduled to happen uh the sturgis rally which is huge Mm -hmm. seen on the news just uh yesterday or today where they're having a city council meeting in sturgis south dakota to determine if the Sturgis rally is going to happen or not. But even if they decide, okay, the rally's going to happen, I don't think the venues or the promoters are going to open up their wallets or pocketbooks 
and give us the if we had six gigs lined up at three different venues in Sturgis that's always a, a, a big staple for us each year uh, so the, the the fact is like many other artists or every other artist literally we're not we're not going to be able to play this year so the best thing that we can do is release this new album and share the new music with people and come on shows like this so we can talk about it and and uh, hopefully entertain some people along the way. Well, let me ask so you that's how I'm doing. Well, let me ask you something, Ron. Uh, you, uh, you know, basically have outlined what would have been or what, what could have, uh, have been this year as far as playing Sturgis. Uh, how come you don't go to Sturgis with the fear that George Lynch had that he feared for his life every night playing in front of all those quote unquote gun toting Trump supporters. Really? That's what he said last yeah. year. He, because he put, I am one of those gun toting <laughs> Trump supporters. <laughs> but he so said, he said yeah. last yeah. year he played every night in Sturgis, six shows in Sturgis and he feared for his life every night. Wow. Maybe well, thought Ron was there. Uh, well, no, I, Everybody's got their own opinion or view, and politics <laughs> is certainly a matter of opinion. But I hired the guy to do a job, and I think he's doing a hell of a job. You know, he, I hired him. He's working for me. And he's kicking ass. So that's all I got to say about it. <laughs> well, I, I'm like I'm like you, Ron. Uh, actually, this week I was having a discussion with a friend of mine that uh, I was glad that I got to do a few of the things that I got to do early on this year. Uh, of course, I went to NAM and, you know, I, I saw that uh, I saw your friend uh, and, and bandmate uh, Mark Ferrari at, at NAM and spoke with him for a few minutes. And I went out on the road with Dawkin for three shows mm -hmm. and got to do a few things before this whole coronavirus yeah. lockdown. And, you know, I was glad for those experiences and got the chance to do those things before things kind of, kind of got upended. But, uh, with this coronavirus, one of the things that I'm really impressed with and people like yourself as an artist are finding creative ways to reach out and still be involved with their fans and, you know, using, modern technology, social media, uh, you know, the video platforms coming on this show to still yeah. interact with everybody and, and share, you know, share their craft with everyone. Well, as you guys know, and I've talked to Chris a lot about this, when Renee was going through her bout with cancer a few years ago, I was afraid or concerned that I wouldn't be able to tour or leave the house because I wanted to be here and care for her. So I started trying to figure out ways where I could be more interactive online, where I could build a platform for myself, where I could actually create a room like this, like you see in the fan cave here at the Kiel Casa, and entertain people online and do live house concerts and guitar lessons and live video chats with my fans. So I did that at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. And we're at, right now we're at an all-time high for members and subscribers that are paying $6.99 a month, but... For, for that $6.99, it's 23 cents a day. They're getting daily interaction with me, unreleased songs, video clips. They can go watch Keel concerts from the 80s. They can see Keel Fest from last year. They can uh, get unreleased songs, downloads, uh, personal interaction with me. So I have embraced that online platform, and I love my house. I'm not – I don't want to brag or seem, you know, because – 
I've been a nomad all my life. I lived on the streets. I was homeless. I was lived on the streets in Hollywood for all those years in the 80s and went through all the same shit that everybody else went through. But after all that, I finally ended up in a place where I'm really, really at home. I love my house. I've got a beautiful log cabin in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. And this is my sanctuary, my home. I love it here. Renee and I have been locked, literally locked in this house together for, what, six, eight weeks now or whatever. We love each other's company. I'm able to write songs, work online, and do my do what I do and entertain people uh, by writing songs, creating, releasing the new album, and so forth. Now, I do miss my guys in the band. I miss my guys. I miss, I, I'm a band guy. I love being in a band and that interaction, the hugging and the the, the sweating and all that stuff and the fans and the audience, I miss all that. In fact, we were shooting we're shooting the red, white, and blue video now, which is coming out in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be absolutely epic. I'm at Mount Rushmore with my guitar. We've got each guy in a different location because we're isolated, right? Social distancing. We're isolated with each guy in a different iconic location, whether at Gino, our bass player, was on top of a Kenworth truck you might have seen that shot online that i posted a couple of days ago we went out and filmed him he's on top of the truck rocking out with the wind in his hair and the jets in the background he's it's absolutely epic footage but i'm what 60 yards away with the camera and of course i'm a control freak i'm running one of the cameras and this guy's been my best friend for 22 years we have been on the road together he's been the bass player in iron horse He's the bass player in Keel. He's the bass player in Ron Keel Band. We are as close as two guys could possibly be as bandmates and brothers. And then when the whole shoot was done, it was like, okay, it's a take, it's a wrap. And we're just so excited about how cool it turned out. We walked up to each other and high five. <laughs> we touched each other. I mean, high five. I mean, is that the new normal? Are we going to feel that way every time we hug somebody or high five somebody or or sh- a handshake or I mean that physical contact with me and my guys is really important, man. There's a lot of hugs and high fives going on in the RKB, and if, if I just can't, uh, just that high five with Gino really woke me up. Just going, Shh, he's the only band member that I I, I saw. Uh, the other guys were shooting separately at these different locations, and you know just that high five is like. I don't know how that that's going to affect our future as performers and touring entertainers. One thing I'm concerned about, as you probably see, because I'm animated here and I'm <laughs> doing my gig, I am spinning. I'm spinning on the computer screen. I'm spinning on the webcam. I mean, if you're in the front row at a Keel show or a Rod Keel band show, you're going to get spit on because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm belting it up. What are we going to do? Put up get the pods like Spinal Tap or a plexiglass screen? Are we going to move the, the barricade back six feet? What are we going to do? I don't know, man. I guess we'll all have to adapt to the new normal. Because I'm, I'm seeing the spit fly as I'm talking to you now. Just imagine if I was singing. It's just going to be a different reality, a new normal. And I know the fans, everybody, if you ask them, hey, if there was a concert tomorrow, would you go on Facebook? They're all saying, yeah, I'll be first in line. I'll be right right up front and all that. But everybody's a badass on Facebook. Everybody's Superman. Everybody's fearless. Everybody's, you know, they curate their own identity on Facebook. Are they really going to buy a ticket? Are they really going to stand three feet away from me while I spit on them? I don't know, man. But all we can do is hope for the best and just keep doing what we do and adapt. 
uh, with the technology. I've seen some great online performances since this COVID thing has happened. Some of the, the big icons in our business and some amazing performances. I've also seen a lot of hacks with an iPhone, man. Every hack with an iPhone and doing karaoke in their house and shit, I, that's, it, it's a, a blessing and a curse. But like anything, you're going to have to weed through the, all the crap to find something worth watching and, and worth uh, celebrating and worth getting behind. I'd like to think that uh, I'll hopefully be able to continue to entertain people and, and get online, whether it's here in the fan cave or at a club or an arena. Or a, a, we do a lot of these bike events. You know, that Sturgis thing is a big deal for us. Uh, all these county fairs and bike events and uh, state fairs, and uh, are they going to happen? Are they going to be postponed until next year? I don't know, man, but we'll take it one day at a time. We'll keep entertaining people online like you guys do it, like I do. Dude, I give it two months. I, yeah. give, it, I give it. They're going to open the doors. Everybody's going to go to a restaurant. Then they're going to sit at their house for two weeks being paranoid that they're going to die. Yeah. And then when they don't die, they're going to be like, all right, it's over now. And they're going back. That's because yeah. in the end, in, in the end, people do not want to be stuck at home. And, and you know that I know that. I mean, I'm a homebody. I, I like being at home and even I'm going fucking nuts. You know, I, I can't stand, I I'm ready to just go out. Like I was saying at the beginning of the show, I'm ready to just go to a bar, get shit faced and do karaoke and just, you know, do live my life. People are going to do that. They're going to they're, they're gonna be a little paranoid at first, and then when they see that them and their friends don't die that first time, then it'll all be good. Yeah. I, I would say, yeah. realistically, if everything opens up by May 15th, by July 15th, we'll be semi-back to normal, I would think. You're always going to have some people that are going to not come back, but, you know... I would say by July fifteenth, you you'll be able to get out there a little bit. Yeah, I'm taking gigs, man. I've got actually booked a number of solo acoustic shows this summer. I've had a few cancellations, but I've also got people calling and confirming dates, and they're excited about uh, getting the doors open and and have, having me bring my guitar and entertain them. So I'm not I'm not afraid. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm on. I'm on borrowed time anyway, man. I, I didn't expect to live this long. I thought I'd be dead by thirty. So I, I, I play with house money. I don't want to bring shit home to Renee, of course, but uh, I mean, I'm not afraid. I'm just concerned about our fans and, and my bandmates and making sure everybody else is safe. But man, uh, we, we all take that risk whenever we get behind the wheel. And you might have seen that uh, controversial Facebook post that I put out a couple of weeks ago. 43,000 people die on our highways every year and nobody gives a fuck. They're going to go ahead and put on their lipstick while they're eating a cheeseburger and yell at the kids in the backseat. That's okay, right? Because you have a driver's license or you have insurance. No, you can mitigate all this stuff with common sense, vigilance, attention to detail. That's why my driving record is absolutely clean. I have not had an accident or a a ticket or any. I have a speeding ticket in 2004 in a construction zone because I didn't see the construction zone sign and I got a speeding ticket in 2004. That's it for me. When I'm behind the wheel, man, it's business. My job is to get my team from point A to point B. I love driving the RV on the road, but, man, that is that is a serious responsibility, just like going out in public these days and making sure that you're not uh, passing on any type of contagious disease, whether it's AIDS or 
COVID-19 or whatever it is. I mean, it, it's a tough spot for us to be in. And I am a homebody like you, like you said, and I was expecting to be home for a couple of months. I'm, I'm excited to be home working on my music, working on my business, promoting the new record. But I, I'm, I'm ready to get back out there and, and swap sweat with my band members and, and high-five my fans in the front row. Well, who are you fucking or shooting up with there, Ron, where you're passing off AIDS? Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but we went through that same thing in the 80s. Immediately. I know. As you remember, you know, the AIDS crisis, it was an epidemic. It was a crisis. It, it was. was. I don't think they found a cure yet, have they? Is there a vaccine for that shit yet? I don't think so. Ron, I, ta- I talk about this all the time. I lived in L.A., uh, during the 80s and, and Chris yeah. Chris makes fun of me because I was very very cautious I lived in LA uh, between 85 and 91 and oh. Chris is like yeah AIDS was like nothing to me man I I, I just passed that off like it was like you know I tossed that away like no problem and I was I was like holy shit man I'm not touching that chick she might be contagious you never know and at that point <laughs> I, I attribute Part of the downfall of our cultural revolution, which was 80s metal. I attribute part of the downfall of that to the AIDS crisis slash epidemic because all of a sudden, I mean, that that genre was built in a large way upon sex and fashion, and all of a sudden sex could kill you. And all of a sudden it wasn't cool anymore. And that had an effect in the late 80s, early 90s upon our business and our genre. Of course, since then we've been through the uh, the bird flu and the, the the swine flu and Ebola and all the other crap that every you know and, and right before the uh, swine flu epidemic, President Obama bought stock in the vaccine the day before. Then he declared it an epidemic. So, <laughs> so me, uh, but not that we're going to get political or anything. But there, there's it's, it's a crazy world and it's very dangerous out there. Whether you're driving a car or just walking down the road, or, or whatever, man. We're all on a one-day contract. we got to live while we're here. we got to live, and we got to enjoy our lives. we got to get out there and, and do what we're born to do, uh, whether it's uh, an athlete or, or somebody driving a, a race car at 250 miles an hour. I mean, it, stuff is dangerous, and we all accept those risks. Right, or me driving to work every day in my Camaro SS at 90 miles an hour on the exactly. Indiana You can get killed going to the... <laughs> the pinball uh, (laughs) you have a much better better chance of dying on the highway on your way to the pinball hall of fame than you do actually playing pinball there right Craig? yeah well that's it (laughs) believe me ron i I might have i'm with you man i I agree i might have a stroke filing bankruptcy for the pinball plays if (laughs) if we don't get open soon (laughs) and you've been through the shit man nobody can speak to this more than you nobody has dealt with and, and I'm sure all of your listeners, your audience, know, knows what you've been through. You yeah. have been at the at, at the, the gates of hell and told the devil to fuck off, and you're back for more. So nobody uh, knows more than you what it's like to experience something like that. Nice rat, yeah. nice rat reference there, Ron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's that's why I don't worry about it too much, Ron. I just kind of. You know, the fans were getting on me today because I'm I'm not I don't seem angry enough about pinball PA being closed. So I'm like, I've been I've been dead for God's sakes. Once you've been dead, you don't worry about financial nonsense. That, that shit all works itself out. Exactly. 
Well, well, Ron, uh, being that you've been quarantined there in your uh, cabin in South Dakota, you know, and obviously you've been working on new music. A lot of musicians have been working on, you know, music and and uh, putting out, uh, you know, snippets or putting out a song or or entertaining the fans or trying to, you know, stay uh, connected, as it were. Uh, you're no different. You you uh, you know you're out there trying to stay connected to the fans through your s- social media f- sites and your websites and your pay sites and all that kind of good stuff. And obviously, this new release, uh, South by South D- uh, Dakota, uh, is that kind of a play on uh, South by Southwest by any chance? I don't know. It's just one of those ideas that I thought of. I thought, I thought well, we've got a record here. You know, we've got a We've got an album in the making, and, and what do I call it? And that idea just came to me. You know, it's it's really there's no thought or method to my madness. I wasn't really trying to play on words. I just, what do you call it? And that idea came to mind. It's not genius or anything. It's just one of those ideas that popped into my head. I go, okay, that's cool. Right. Um, using the railroad crossing sign. We've always had the train element as part of our show and our, our history. We've got a train on stage that in front of the drum riser that blows smoke and lights up. And the train thing has always been a big part of our uh, our image and our production. So that using the railroad crossing as the South by South Dakota, uh, it's important to me because wherever I put down roots, and I've got many homes, Hollywood is always going to be home. Nashville is always going to be home. Vegas is always going to be home. I've traveled around this this great country of ours, all my life, and you know the story. You guys know as good as anybody how I ended up in South Dakota as the leader of the Badlands House Band. This was, I had never been to Sioux Falls before. I got a job offer uh, five years ago out of the blue to lead the Badlands House Band, and I put down roots here, and it really finally felt like I was at home for the first time in my life. The people of South Dakota have been extremely supportive of me and the guys in the band, no matter through that Badlands debacle and now with the Ron Keel band. Uh, and it's not just South Dakota, it's the entire Midwest, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota. Uh, the, the, this Midwest region has been really good to us. It's a great place to call home. Uh, and we wanted to... I want to put this place on the map. You know, I want to, want to let, I'm proud of where I live and I'm proud to have South Dakota be a part of the, the title of the album. I'm proud to have Mount Rushmore in the background while I'm singing the new red, white, and blue music video. Well, let me ask you something, Ron, and you don't have to answer this. I'm just very curious since, uh, you know, Badlands Pond and, and the venue closed up, are you still in contact with Chuck Brennan, or is that relationship gone to the wayside, or how, how does that work for you? I am not in contact with him. I uh, still appreciate the opportunity. The fact that he chose me, uh, he could have had anybody to lead his, his entertainment division and, and to, to form the Badlands House Band, and he chose me for that opportunity and gave me a chance to to be a part of that and it put me where we needed to be so i'm thankful for the opportunity but man sometimes shit doesn't work out and you move on no we're not in contact at this time uh but i do wish him well and, and appreciate and thank him for 
He chose me. He could have had anybody. And there were a lot of guys on the list of potential bandmates or band leaders for that project because it was a very high-paying job, a very high-profile gig, the being the face and the voice of a $70 million entertainment franchise. You were here. You know what it's all about. I did. Uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for, for me to be chosen for that role and for that job was a huge honor, and I'm very thankful for that. And it led to me having... Uh, an amazing band, an amazing home, and an amazing uh, network and community of people that love and support what we're doing. So I'm thankful for all that. Perfect. Well, Ron, I'm glad that you uh, still do what you do and, yeah. and are putting out quality uh, product and the fact that, uh, you know, you find inspiration in a lot of things and, you know, choose to continue recording and whatnot. And when something you were saying earlier, uh, you know, during our talk here about you guys jamming and just having a good time. So many years ago when the term were rolling tape really meant something because of the expense that was involved in this day and age, the digital age where, you know, basically it's all done on a computer. Uh, it doesn't cost you a ton of money uh, like it used to be to, to use, a, you know, a recording tape to record you. So you you uh, are beneficial of the uh, modern technology to to uh, maybe have a happy accident if you as it were. To, I think uh, so. To I appreciate that. But tape was what? Was it, what? One hundred twenty bucks a roll or something? It was expensive. The, but I'll tell you, that's how the song "The Right to Rock" happened. If it weren't for that tape rolling and me being in charge because I was producing the record, we're doing "Late on the Law." And Mark Ferrari launched into that riff. I just got the guys, you know, I got the drum mix and the guitar mix. And I said, you guys play something so I can get levels and get a balance here in the, in the control room. And Ferrari launched into that riff. There's Rock Hill playing air guitar again. But he launched into that riff. And I looked at Mikey Davis, our engineer, and said, roll tape. That, hit play and record. And that ended up being the actual recording. And the guys were just jamming. They were they didn't know the song. He went to E, and the guys followed him, and they went to E, and there was no vocal. There was no nothing, just a guitar riff. That was the recording I played for Gene Simmons that Gene said, all right, I'm producing this record. We're going to start Tuesday. That, that was the right to rock, and that's the song that really got it all started for me, that song that's still a huge part of my life and my career. So you can roll tape. It's 120 bucks, a, a, but, man, always record everything you do. We all, I learned that. Back then, right then and there, 1984, always record everything you do. And luckily, I'm working with a producer here, Mike Dresch, who follows that same guideline. He just recorded everything. And we would start warming up or playing along. And, and of course, I said, did you record that? He goes, yeah, I record. let's listen back. And it's absolutely, it's very special. It's amazing because it's just guys playing, having fun, not intending to make an album or to make a statement. We're just playing these great iconic songs that have been a part of our lives and a part of the American songbook for decades. And that's what makes this new South by South Dakota record really, really special. I want to thank the fans for pre-ordering and now ordering now that the record's out. You can get them uh, autographed at ronkeel.com. And uh, whether you're a, a metalhead or a redneck or a Southern rock fan or whatever, I think you're going to like this record. Uh, and... In my perception, 
because it's hard for me to view these things objectively. They're my kids. Well, of course, all my children are beautiful, right? Uh, <laughs> but this record, to me, feels and sounds heavier. And I know that a lot of the class this is the classic metal show, right? Oh, we got metal heads listening and, and watching. I, I, I really think this record is heavier than Fight Like a Band was. And, and that wasn't intentional. It's just because the guitars are bigger and the energy is uh, relentless and there's just, we didn't give a shit. We just, we just played and sang and cranked it up and uh, this is the way it came out. But it sounds and feels heavier than the last record to me and I hope that the fans enjoy it and give it a listen. Well, let me ask you something, Ron. Uh, you know, you and I are very close in age and as well as Chris and, you know, obviously a lot of the songs that you recorded on uh, this uh, South by South Dakota release are iconic. And the reason they became iconic is because they received a lot of quote unquote commercial uh, play. And my question to you as an artist, and, you know, you've been around a long time. You you understand all, all about writing music and performing and whatnot. Are these songs written and performed by more talented people than exist today? Or are they more iconic because they enjoyed the... Um, benefit of a commercial outlet that ingrained them into our minds wow that's a great question i know really? I'm, i i am the uh, top of the yeah. uh you know food chain when it comes to interviews that's, next to chris that's a really good question and you can't really give an answer that covers all the all the bases for each song because some of these songs are iconic hits that everybody knows and has heard before but red white and blue the song that you guys played before i came on and the first single in video, a lot of people don't know that song. It was not a big hit. It was not a classic Skinner song from the 70s. And it's one of their more modern type tunes that uh, people don't recognize immediately. Oh, that's Skinner. Uh, don't misunderstand me. The Rossi to Collins song, which is a duet with Jasmine Kane, who is the, the, the rock and roll South Dakota queen. I mean, she is... She is Miss Sturgis. She was born in Sturgis during the rally, and she's just she does all these biker events. We do a lot of shows together. She was the 2016 Nashville uh, Music Business Entertainer of the Year. Some that I, I I'm paraphrasing that award, but she's big time, iconic, amazing singer. She did the duet with me on "Don't Misunderstand Me." A lot of people are hearing that song for the first time on this record. It's not, it's not Freebird. It's not Sweet Home Alabama. Of course, Ramblin' Man, the Allman Brothers, uh, that was, if you're going to cover the Allman Brothers, and you have to on a record like this, because I really wanted, once I got the first five or six songs cut, I realized we got, we got something really special here. I wanted to make sure we covered all the bases and covered each one of those classic Southern rock icons. The Outlaws, of course, we have Ghost Riders in the Sky, uh, which was a hit long before The Outlaws cut it, written in 1957. Uh, Fire on the Mountain, the Marshall Tucker song. We didn't do Can't You See. You know, we did, we did a song that was certainly probably not uh, as big of a commercial hit, but they're all extremely well-written. And I, think, I like to think that we, we rewrote them quite well uh, as well because, we, like I said, we keelized some of these tunes Pretty hard and heavy. You got the Waylon Jennings and uh, Willie Nelson song, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. 
which has become kind of an anthem for me because we've been singing it in the show since day one. We open with Right to Rock, then we go into Willie and Waylon. Literally, half the time, when we're opening for Tesla or Night Ranger, we're doing those two songs back to back. And that Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys has just been kind of my message to every, all the moms out there. Don't let your kids grow up to be like me. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the Creedence Medley, which is, you know, Creedence isn't really considered Southern rock, but they were, to me, they were Southern rock before the Almond Brothers. And I was listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival before I ever heard of the Almond Brothers. And I grew up listening to those songs. And we've got that live medley, which is really cool to include a live track on the record that was recorded at our very first gig ever. I mean, this is our first night ever on stage together. And it's live. It's uh, uh, Born in the Bayou, uh, Bad Moon Rising, and Fortunate Son, which we kind of mash up those three tunes into one live tribute to Credence on the new record. And the cool thing is we got a live track on the album. It's no fixes, no, it's, it's live, natural, organic, the way it was played that first night at our very first gig ever. So that's pretty special to have that included on the South by South Dakota collection. Well, see, that's why we like to have you on as a guest, Ron, because uh, you always uh, give us a little peek behind the curtain as to, uh, you know, what inspired these kind of things. And I always enjoy that kind of stuff. And I, I'm sure Chris does as well, but unless he's kind of like a hardened uh, dick to any of this. <laughs> uh, you guys have always been so cool to me. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I appreciate that. As, as you mentioned before I came on, I'm a fan and we've had a long friendship, and I continue to say this. I know you probably get a lot of new listeners in the audience watching and listening. Uh, every time I come on, we get new, more new fans on the Classic Metal Show. But uh, this was the first time I'd ever heard of online radio, Wendell, in uh, 2001 when you had me on your show. Uh, and it's almost 20 years now that I've been coming on the Classic Metal Show. And uh, you guys always have... Uh, have been so gracious to me and allowed me a platform just to get on on the radio and online and talk about my life, my music, my career, my business, and share some good times with, with you guys. I, I, I really appreciate the friendship and the support. Well, you're always welcome to be third mic there, Ron. There, there, is, no, there is no limit to the number of times you can come through that door. Well, let's go for 3,659. <laughs> well, you're no Richie Blackmore, as uh, according to Jackal in our chat room, but, uh, you know, you're, 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 a, you're a second close. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron, throw out those plugs real quick and let everybody know where they can find the CD and where they can find you during this uh, coronavirus shutdown. Everything goes through. And they're spinning again. See? spinning on my camera, my webcam, my computer screen. Bad habit. But I, I'm excited. Ronkeel.com. And I know that, man, it's, it's strange these days. You probably, because you're an IT guy, Chris. You're in the website thing. You That's that's your wheelhouse. I, I have a fan come up to me at Walmart. This is, you know, gosh, four weeks ago. We're, we're wearing a mask, and she's six feet away. She goes, how can I listen to your radio show? And I go, Ronkeel.com. How do I find that? Do I Google it? No, it's enter rodkeel.com and your address part. Well, what's that? They have no clue. They either find it on Facebook or they got to Google it. It's crazy, man. And you have to continue to, to. Of course, we all remember when MySpace was big time, right? Yeah. Facebook, 
I know how you guys feel about Facebook and YouTube. You guys are have, have, you're always on the cutting edge of new social media platforms and new ways to get the classic metal show out to fans on other platforms. I appreciate and I, I enjoy Facebook. I, I YouTube's they're they're part of life and they're a necessary uh, tool in our business, but uh, that conventional website, as you know, Chris, because you're an IT guy, you're a web designer. There's no Ronkeel.com has been there for 20 years. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. MySpace.com slash Ronkeel hasn't been updated in 12 years. <laughs> Facebook.com. Who knows? With all the shit, I mean, that you're seeing and hearing on Facebook. Who is everybody getting sick of it? Or are they going to find some new platform to? I don't know. You guys are on the cutting edge of all of those platforms, and I don't know what's next, but whatever it is, I know I'll be there, and you'll find it at ronkill.com. You can go to my social media, watch our videos, subscribe to my Patreon. It's 23 cents a day. Just think of it as buying me two beers a month, and you're going to get to see hundreds of really cool video clips. The, the Keel videos of sneak peeks behind the curtain of everything that I do every day. I'm always uh, and we've got exclusive music videos. I, I'll make a new music video, and you're not going to find it just like Tennessee, which is a big budget video from the Metal Cowboy album, and I'm really proud of this one. Fantastic clip. We filmed it back in uh, 2014. Then I got the job in Sioux Falls, and we put it on the shelf. The footage has been sitting there. We finally finished the video, and it's on patreon.com slash Keel. It's on YouTube, not on Facebook. That's where I interact with my fans. That's my inner circle. You want to get a message to me, you want to see and hear what I'm doing, that's the place to do it. You can find all those links at ronkeel.com. Well, if I want to get a message to you, Ron, I'll just call you. You do it. You call me anytime, man. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll look you up uh, on TikTok, Ron. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... Man, what is that? I actually, I actually downloaded that at one point. Oh, this is a good thing. I got to check it out. I don't think, I don't think that's for me. No, I, don't, I don't see you doing five second dance clips, Ron. I don't see that working for you. Well, I think Ron's time expired. Guess so. He, he just, he just went dark on us. I guess so. All right. Well, we want to thank Ron for being a part of the show. Uh, We'll play something uh, from this uh, South by South Dakota release. Uh, I want to play this Blackfoot tune, uh, some Train Train. All right. All right. We want to thank our good friend Ron Keel for uh, being a part of the Classic Metal Show. So go pick up his new release called South by South Dakota, a uh, tribute to the Southern Rock of uh, the U.S. or as uh, they used to say back in the early uh, 80s, late 70s, early 80s, Southern Fried Rock. Yeah, pal. So here's uh, the Blackfoot cover with Train Train exclusively here. On your classic metal show. <laughs> <laughs> 